You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. Oh yeah, it's time for another episode of Seasons Change. I'm your host, Vactor, and I've got the always angry Jeff W. with me. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing good. I, I have it. There's a stench in this podcast. Oh, dang. Well, I know it yeah. couldn't be our guest this week. My co-host uh-huh. on the Technological Podcast, Mr. Shaw. How are you? Oh, also the voice of our bumper, Shaw. How you doing, buddy? And Shaw's here too. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? It's good to be here. Good to finally be a guest on Seasons Change. Yeah, we've had Wonder Rob on for the Eternals. Um, although when we did that one, Jeff was not able to attend, so I had to do it separately. Now we've got the whole crew here, Jeff and Shaw together. So Shaw has a yeah. one up on Wonder Rob as far as the geek, so to speak. That's um, right. And, and you know what? I got to say, uh, Jeff, um, if you're smelling something, <laughs> it's probably coming from your room because we're <laughs> recording this on Zoom. So I'm just putting that up. Hey. Well, uh-huh. I'm already happy that we have joined our forces together because Seasons Change and Geek So to Speak have had a wonderful collaboration, including now all of the hosts are entangled in, in, as part of the Geek So to Speak network of podcasts, which include the Holdo Maneuver, Technological, Sandbox Gamers, and Geek So to Speak. So I'm very happy that we're able to join our forces, but we're not here to talk about that. Today we're talking all about the batman that's all we're going to be talking about today on seasons change and then at the end we're going to give a little bit of recommendations for the week on what we've been enjoying let's get right into the batman because we all have been highly anticipating this movie for years now it got pushed back because of covid because of robert Mm. pattinson not being able to put on muscle there's a whole bunch of things (laughs) you're gonna just offend the guy okay real quick though because of actor i think me and you probably have said it on this thing before but uh-huh. what is shoff what is your what's your batman history what what level of oh yeah let's let's get talking? that yeah me and vector <laughs> big fans oh i love batman yeah i mean i've definitely seen all the batman movies uh i have a fair amount of batman comics um nice i enjoy the arkham games nice uh definitely uh one of my favorite animated tv shows has always been batman the animated series that yeah. is like pinnacle okay. i think kevin conroy uh is like the quintessential Batman voice in my opinion. Okay. So, all right, tell me who's the murderer in the Long Halloween? Go! This is all your <laughs> Batman fandom on the line. Go, go! Uh, spoil who it, is so. Holiday? Do you want me to spoil it? Oh, yo, okay, all right. You know what? I thought I was gonna <laughs> fuck around, and I thought Shaw was gonna find out, but I just found out. All right, fair, fair. <laughs> fair. they actually all gave right. out a special edition Long Halloween comic when Jeff and I saw the movie. Yeah. Shaw, did you get any bonus goodies when you went? You know, I did. I didn't get a uh, like anything like that, but I did get a set of buttons. Now, I'm not a buttons uh-huh. guy, but I got four buttons. One of them's like the Batman logo. Uh, one of them's like the Riddler logo. And then the other ones are like the movie logo. But it was like part of their fan first event through Cinemark's like XD. Oh, yeah. So, right. Uh, so, yeah. So I got some I got some buttons. Nice. Nice. All right, cool. Well, Jeff and I are actually going to be seeing the movie again this weekend in Dolby. So we're going to be seeing it in HDR. And maybe we might, we've been discussing off mic, we might be getting to eat popcorn out of Batman's head, but we'll see (laughs) as the weekend approaches, we we will find out. Uh, But yeah, that's good. Shaw, you're right in line with us. So you can join our club of Batman lovers. Perfect. Um, So actually, let's start with Shaw because he is our guest and then we'll go to to Jeff, in my opinions, but Shaw, what did you think about the Batman? Are we talking spoilers? Spoiler free. Let's go spoilers right up front. If you haven't seen okay. the movie, mm-hmm. then skip this podcast. But come back and join us again uh, once you've seen the movie. Um, but yeah, let's go right into spoilers, Shaw. Okay, sounds good. Um, so overall, I liked it. Overall, I really liked it. Now, um, I got to say, I think the first two thirds of the movie are the strongest parts. Mm. The sec, the last mm. third of the movie, I don't feel like they really stuck the landing. And that's right. my only real gripe with this film. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it felt like a living, breathing comic book. Yeah. 
I think, and actually, can I say, can we just talk about the end? You want to just do that right now? Let's cut to that. Because I have like a million other things I want to talk about that's probably more interesting. Mm -hmm. The ending, and Shoff, I made this point to Candy and Vactor, Vactor's wife and Vactor. Yes. When we got out, you know, when they're they're in the water at, at Madison Square Garden, Batman's walking over to them and he's, you know, helping them, you know, come out of the water yeah. right do you remember the scene that I'm, yes. I'm saying oh yeah you know all i all i could think the whole time during that was hey man just stand up <laughs> you know i mean the water is about waist level what are we doing here stand yeah. up and let's just get the fuck out of here you yeah know, why are they hiding behind there like <laughs> yeah it's, yeah it's in it's not like batman has extra strength like he yeah, is no one's no one's pinned she's holding on to it she <laughs> clearly stands up and starts walking Maybe uh, maybe that was like a, a cinematic choice or maybe they messed that up a little bit. But um, to me, I thought that ending was a little weird. But I do agree. Once the mystery is cut, once the Riddler is captured, I think that is the turning point to me of where the movie becomes weaker than the the previous, you know, two hours or whatever it yeah. was, right? Yeah, when, when Riddler's like being interrogated by Batman and he's like, oh, you don't, he's like, you don't know. I thought you were going to be smarter than this. And the audience is all like, None of us knew because there's no <laughs> breadcrumbs pointing this direction yeah, whatsoever. Right. And then to me, I thought that scene too, let's talk about that scene in Vector. I'd love to get your input because I know I mean, you have not talked Vector and I know like, you know, how, how much you're anticipating it. So yes. I'll let you talk in a second, but I thought that scene was weird because I'm the whole time I'm, they're hinting that he knows that it's Bruce Wayne. He's yes. doing the shoff, shoff, <laughs> Bruce Wayne, you know, he's doing right. that. And I'm I'm like, and then it, but then it ultimately comes out to reveal that he had like this impression that they were working together in some kind of way is kind of what happened there. Yeah. I, I think is, is, is that what you guys got out of that thing? I, I have no idea. Uh, Vector, do you want to go first on this one? I didn't actually get a specific like conclusion from that. I was the same way. It was kind of murky for me. I thought they were going to go the route of, okay, the Riddler is a genius and he figured out who Batman was, which he's done in the comics before. But in the comics, the route that they always went was he knows this. This is the greatest mystery of all time. But the reason he can't reveal it is because then it won't be as impressive because everyone will know when he knows when he's the only person that knows, then the riddle is actually worth it. So his own kind of you know hubris gets in the way. He can't tell anybody that he knows who Batman is. So I thought that was the route they were going to go in this. But then, like Jeff said, it seemed like they they pivoted at the last moment and he didn't know. So I, I left kind of confused on that point. I'd have to watch it yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, I was definitely, I felt the same way. I, the trailers sort of indicated that, yes, yes. that, that Riddler knew 100%. Batman's true identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, after like it sort of took the other direction, I was like, oh, Riddler thinks that they're like allies yeah, in this. Right. And then that made me think of maybe I'm confusing the story arcs, but it, I want to say it's the killing joke where uh Batman and and um and uh Joker are like lying almost like half dead after like crazy duking it out. Yeah. And Joker's like, You're you're just mm. one bad day from being me. And it was like Riddler was also in the orphanage, Riddler was also an orphan, and uh but his circumstances were different than Bruce's. So that's where like, there's this harsh divide. And so you're seeing two, mm-hmm. two sides of the coin, like either you um, are Bruce and you're, you're taken care of and coddled or you're, you're uh, Edward Nashton and, and you're anything but, and um, babies are dying next to you and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, I should so call him I, Nashville, Edward Nashville. <laughs> when he was, kept yeah, saying that, I was like, I like that. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he wasn't just Nigma, like why, yeah. why did you have to change the last name? Like, a, 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 and, and, you know, it didn't serve any, per, I guess maybe to like, I guess maybe like if they're talking about like, if they were trying to be mysterious, this might not be the Riddler. They wouldn't have to list that as like a credit, but yeah, yeah. why not just go Nigma or whatever. And just like, and then do the do the thing like you, it served no purpose to change it right 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 now that it's a negative on the movie it just yeah i think you're right like why not just do that yeah and so. shaf you are correct that is from the killing joke and a number of things have used that afterwards people have kind of um taken from that like the punisher says it's a daredevil in the 
in the Marvel uh, Netflix shows, which I don't know if you guys saw is now coming to Disney Plus. They announced all the Netflix stuff that they took off for oh. Marvel is now coming to Disney Plus. I just saw that earlier today. But yeah, the Punisher says it. And I think even um, Frank Miller has kind of a Dark Knight Returns ish thing in there too. But yeah, it's from the Killing Jokes mm-hmm. okay, uh, cool. originally. Yeah, but I was definitely kind of, like I said, confused when I walked away from that. We'll see it again, Jeff, this weekend and see if it's any clearer on the second viewing. Because especially on your first viewing, when you're like excited, it's like it's almost like a midnight showing and you're Mm -hmm. like hopped up and you're you're just super amped. You don't necessarily catch everything on the first viewing, but on the second viewing, you get it. You know, I was going to say that happens. So so when we went to see 007, and I like the 007 movie. Mm -hmm. And Shoff can maybe relate to this, maybe YouTube actor. Once a movie gets past a certain point, my butt cheeks start to hurt. <laughs> you know, I'm leaning, I'm sitting on a leg, I'm doing all this stuff. And I didn't feel that one time in like the three hour movie. So I right. think I was off of pure adrenaline. Yeah. Like when Batman punches himself in the leg with the needle. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what it was like for me, you know, watching <laughs> the movie in a way. Like I was able to power through it. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh it, I think, and actually, just to talk about the length, did that bother either of you? Uh, aside from it getting weak in the second half, do you not, think? Not me. I was um, enthralled the entire time, and I was, n- none of it, my attention never waned. Um, but looking back on it, I, I agree with Shoff. They actually probably could have cut the last third of the movie, shortened it up, tightened it up, and made the story a little bit um, leaner, I think, and yeah. it would have improved it. The three-hour cut could have been a director's cut or could have been something on Blu-ray or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't think this version necessarily benefited from the longer runtime. Yeah, and I just, just to get my, I'll just get my take on the ending. Let's just – yeah, I'll get all this out of the way, I guess, now. Because <laughs> yeah. so, so I guess – so there was kind of like two halves to his plot. Like he's murdering, you know, the DA and, yes. you know, the, the major players in the city, mm-hmm. right? And – all corrupt cops. All corrupt. And, you know, you're catching them at the Iceberg Lounge, which they kept yep. going back to. And, you know, I think it's it's interesting, like, in that first half of, like, how mysterious it was. And then I, I think, you know, I would have I would have almost rather it had been just, like, a few, like, murders, you know, to be his, like, grand plot rather mm-hmm. than this, like, mm-hmm. grand plan to, like, blow up the walls, the what, what, what's the word for that? Like the ocean wall or whatever he was calling it, like, and then to flood the city. I thought to me, I was like, okay, this is fine. But like, you know, like this is a building full of high rises, right? Like it's kind of didn't make sense to me. I'm like, you can, you know, you can kind of get away. Like it's going to kill people, but like, this isn't like putting a nuke in the city. This isn't the, uh, the Bane dark Knight rises, like, you know, right. nuclear weapon. Right. Right. You know? Well, if I can interject, I think he chose that that option. To me, the idea of the flood, if you're looking at it from like a biblical standpoint, like the okay. idea of cleansing mm. uh, all of the the dirty, corrupt uh, uh, underbelly of Gotham, and you want to start fresh, like that's where the flood sort of, gotcha. from a biblical point point of view, like came in. So I think that was his like his poetic way of doing it. Um, mm-hmm. is just my guess if that's how I interpreted it at least okay. like why he wanted to go that route mm-hmm. I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere personally and um, to me like the angle of the basically like the Riddler proud boys just uh, yeah <laughs> Q, Q and uh, on R and on yeah exactly yeah. exactly like to me that almost felt like that was shoehorned into the plot like that wasn't actually part of maybe the original story mm-hmm. and then they would just like took advantage of what's happening in headlines with capital riots and everything else like and they just sort of like made it what happens with social media influence and how right. you know people are on so very many different uh sides of the coin and and the spectrum of of their political stance and things like that so um that to me felt like it was added and it wasn't it didn't it didn't feel unified with the rest of the movie and that's why i feel like that's that last third that just felt disjointed so. yeah yeah actor what do you think did you what did you think of the flood in particular? Was that captivating to you or no? No. And that actually reminded me a lot of, there's a story in the comics called um, no man's land and mm-hmm. a bunch of earthquakes go off and it kind of traps Gotham. Like it isolates them kind of like the flood did in this where nobody could get in and nobody could get out. 
And so Batman has to deal with crime and stuff. So it was very, you know, may have well been inspired by that. I, I haven't seen Matt Reeves talk about that at all. But to me, and that actually is um, one of the things why I did not give it my highest rating. When I came out of the movie, I said I liked it really good, but I didn't love it. And one of the reasons why was because of what I just mentioned. I almost felt like I've seen it before. And with this whole movie in general, it has a very not novel to me um, approach to Batman because we've seen it in Dark Knight already. Mm -hmm. And I think if we didn't have Dark Knight before this, this would be five out of five, you know, best Batman movie of all time. But it's hard. It's really hard to even Nolan himself could not top Dark Knight with Dark Knight Rises. So when, when I've seen it before, you know, and it's not as novel to me, then it, it, it goes down a little bit on my, my scale. Like I said, it's really good. I really liked it, but the no man's land, I feel like I had seen that before in the comics, not necessarily on live action, but them being isolated and, and Batman having to be trapped with all the civilians. I just felt like I had seen it before. So that, that flooding to me, it wasn't like the best thing. And at that point as well, I think what was Shoff, what Shoff was saying earlier, it just felt a little disjointed with the murder plots and everything. I wish they had kind of kept it tight, you know, kept it grounded of, okay, this is a crime story and it's also a detective story. Yeah. Yeah. I think the strongest parts of the movie are the narration. Yes. Um, Mm-hmm. That to me was what it what made it feel so much like a comic book panel because Batman Year One has so much narration, especially right. like as he's uh, writing these journal entries and stuff for himself, and um, and he's also not totally uh, polished as a fighter. Mm-hmm. He's yes, not right. he's not totally mm-hmm. like 100 Batman yet. Like he's sort of on his way, but he's trying to figure out what that means. And, yeah. um, and so like those elements really strong, really, really strong in this yeah. movie. That was yeah. actually one of the first things my wife yeah. said to me and Jeff, when we walked out, she said, mm-hmm. I like that he wasn't perfect. I like that he stumbled and he had those things. And this was to be Batman year two. Um, but she likes that he wasn't, he didn't have every gadget for every situation. She liked yeah. that he was more human in this one. And, you know, honestly, I, I was I was hoping when, you know, because Matt Reeves was talking about it before he was saying, you know, let's do like a, we want a year or two yeah. type of Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, I, was, I was kind of fearful in that, like, you know, the thing I don't want to see and I think can be like corny in some ways to me is like, I don't want to see him like with the grappling gun and he's like smacking it on his hand trying to get it to work. You know, oh. I mean? like I don't want that level mm-hmm. of like, <laughs> you know, helplessness. Right? right. But like, I think they did a good job, like, you know, especially like it was kind of subtle, like, you know, when he. um or maybe not subtle, but it wasn't like so in your face, like, you know, all the time he was messing up, like when he escapes from the, um, from the police department right? and he flies down, like he hits the light, you know, he flips, he takes a pretty hard crash and, uh, you know, it, it's very evident there that you're dealing with somebody who's not quite used to this yet or not, you know, right? not a veteran at this. Um, so I thought that is the my, kind of my compliment to it is like, like you put it in there, it's a little more subtle. You see the mess up, but you don't like dwell on it. You don't like make it part of the character for the entire movie, right? right? Yeah. And I also liked how they had that element, but then they also had, because it's year two, okay, he is also a little bit prepared because he's got, the whole suit is bulletproof. He's taken full on mm-hmm. machine gun fire and it's not even phasing him, which that unfortunately got you know spoiled in the trailer for me but yeah. that was the two there's two moments that were stand out for me that got spoiled in the trailer one is him taking full-on machine gun fire two is him yeah. coming out of the flames after the penguin yeah those two yeah, moments the car the car chase yeah, yeah. can we, can we that, talk let's just talk about the car chase now yeah, let's do that right yes this one thing of the best one of the standout moments is so so such a good even the uh was it in, in man i this is a I'm going to have to watch it a second time. Yes. Did he like try to start the car and it wouldn't go? Was that so, the gimmick there? Is that what was happening? Well, or did I, I have that? a, I have a take on that. And I want to get Shaf's opinion here. Cause my wife asked me that too. Yesterday she was, she was asking me, was his, I thought his car was stalling. And my take on it was no, he was just trying to intimidate him. He was trying to rev it up and he was trying to like growl at them. Basically. That's the way I took it. Shaf, how did you, how did you see that? I, I kind of saw it as a stall as well. Mm. Like mm. It, it, to me, 
if, if the intention was to intimidate initially that works but when it cuts out then they're all like oh get him <laughs> you know, like, so it to me it looked like it opened him up for for problems so mm. like i i think that if they were going for intimidation there shouldn't have been such a gap uh-huh. um because you're right it does kind of look like a fumble mm. in that sense um but i didn't like obviously we've seen plenty of merchandise spoiling the bat batmobile yeah way ahead of this movie so Even we already knew what it was going to look like yeah. we knew it's going to be a muscle car that was totally tricked out um after seeing it in this movie and seeing the car chase like it makes me want the lego set now yeah <laughs> like i yeah. like well, now i now i want it like i didn't want it before but now i saw it i'm like yeah i, I kind of yeah. have to have this it's so, even dlc and rocket league which i i got I have to buy it like anytime there's a cool batmobile i have to get it in rocket league because that's one of the the car games that i always go to it's kind of like the car version of Fortnite where they have these skins that come out for every movie like there's the ghostbusters car there's the jurassic park jeep but anytime there's a Batmobile, I'm like, all right, I got to get it. Whether it's the Tim Burton one or now this one, um, definitely that's that's one that I want to own too. Yeah, and you know, I think this, the Batmobile scene was so good because they didn't, like he's riding around on the motorcycle mm-hmm. for the like, first yeah, half right, of the movie right. pretty much, right? Like, which to me always makes more sense because I'm like, all right, this guy has to get around. Right. Get a motorcycle, dude. I know you need like a tank-like setting for some stuff. But, and that like, was, you're just falling, remember the like, Scott Snyder Batman? That was what we saw a lot of in, yeah, in yeah. That, that version. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that. So I thought, you know, that, yeah, that thing was, the the whole Batman, that Batman chase, that, that might be the best Batmobile scene of all time. I, I'm trying to think of like things that would top it. But yeah, that was, uh, it was yeah, incredible. The, and like you said, I was a little disappointed that they spoiled that the flames and him being upside down, having Batman walk to the yeah. car. Like if you don't have that in the trailer and that is like live in the moment, that would have been, you might've gotten cheers. Nobody in our theater cheered or anything like that, but that was like one of those moments for me. Well, there was one moment when the music kicked in and I pumped my fist and mm-hmm. Jeff was right next to me. I was like, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. the the action of that car scene and also I got to give a shout out to Matt Reeves, putting the action cameras on the car, putting it like when he was going up the, when he was zip lining up the thing in the police oh, they station. they had it on the, um, you know, off the police station. Yeah. yeah. It was like I think they had it on the motorcycle at one point, but type. that was something that was unique. We've never seen that before. And it makes this movie stand apart a little bit from the other ones was kind of the action camera effect. So I did like that a lot on that scene. And then also the music, Michael Giacchino's music, completely like the it just makes you like you want to be batman that's how i put it like when i hear that music i'm like yeah i want to put the suit on i want to get out there he yeah the this guy's catalog and shop i don't want to like just keep rambling you know input here but (laughs) this this batman theme and 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 like if you look at this guy's catalog wait how do you is it giacchino 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 yeah I'm this glad he said it first because I would have never pronounced it that way. So <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that fact. Yeah, this is his catalog is out of control in this Batman theme. Factor when we so what happened, Shaf? When we went, we were getting popcorn. We were a little bit late, so we missed. Uh, and I read later, we missed the initial scene of the, like the skeleton gang. Like we saw the tail end of that, yeah. and also, you know, we were like trying to get through the aisles. So like the first like two minutes of the movie is me like stepping in popcorn and my feet like sliding and i'm trying not to like fall on people you know what i mean right so uh but when we heard me and vector were walking down the aisle into the to go into the theater to get to the screen and you just hear this theme music like blasting yeah out of there and like i was like that was like when that the, his music is which is great through this whole thing that's when it like really hit me and i was like this theme is like amazing like this is like noticeable to me like i think of this it's kind of like the you know the danny elfman stuff it's up there with danny elfman and the dark knight um yeah very unrecognizable to me and then like like i said we better we love jacquino all like from all this from up you know the incredibles like everything he's done um music wise with pixar like we i think he's my favorite composer um hans zimmer is my wife's favorite but i think michael jacquino is mine he did seven pixar movies you know, this, the Star Trek reboot, Shaw, that theme always gets me. Whenever I hear that theme, oh, yeah. It, yeah, it always um, makes me excited. And he's he's been doing a lot more kind of like, almost like journeyman stuff. Like, I want to say, you know, like Rogue One, 
Planet of the Apes, like stuff that I don't necessarily say, oh yeah, I, I can recognize the Rogue One theme. I can pick that out versus yeah. what he was doing with Up, what he was doing with Ratatouille, like the Incredibles. You know, those ones are standout, the Star Trek movies, like I was saying. Oh, he so, did No Way Home too as well? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like he yes, did, yeah. he's done a lot of stuff recently where it's like, oh yeah, he did a very good job. And it's like, you know why they called him in, but he didn't, it doesn't stand out to me. So He's got Thor, Love and Thunder coming out later this year. He's got Jurassic World, Dominion coming out later this year. We'll see how he does with those ones. But this one, this is like peak Giacchino for me. It's like, this is what I love about him. This is why he became my favorite composer. So yeah, he his theme is, is always going to be up there now as one of my favorite Batman themes of all time. Yeah, I'm going to pick this up on vinyl for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. yes. Um, there's also that trailer song. I can't think of the name of it, but it's oh, like the Nirvana song. Yeah, the bridge. Yes. That one. That's such a badass song, and it's so perfect for the tone of this movie. Yes. Um. Every time that came on. By the way, I listened to that song like three times on the way home from yeah. the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. definitely listened to the Batman theme a couple of times, and I caught myself speeding, uh, <laughs> because I was just like feeling the Batman vibe. So. Right. Uh, so definitely not I think we all not came safe. out of that juice. Not safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. This happened to me a number of times. It happened in the even Batman begins afterwards. Rachel, like that. Yeah. When you that's that Hans Zimmer music. But yeah, that's um something in the way, which is a Nirvana song. And they played it twice in the movie, and it's from the yeah. trailer. My I have a buddy who's a huge Nirvana fan. So when I played this, I sent him a text message. I'm like, look, Nirvana finally made a good song. He was like, oh, okay. Now you discovered Nirvana. It takes Batman for you to discover it. But yeah, this is from their Nevermind album. And it's like, oh, I just okay. never, like, I think I'm like you, Shaf. I just, you know, I know the, the Nirvana, uh, you know, smells like teen spirit. Like I know the big ones, but this one was not one that was on my radar. Um, so I, I, I've gone back and listened to it ever since the trailer. I've been listening to it and been listening there's on youtube there's like different remixes and cuts yeah. and there's like a batman version so yeah i've been i've also been listening to it on repeat ever since that the first trailer came out well i was just glad they didn't use uh nirvana's most famous song rape me uh, for this <laughs> yeah. one you know it's all i'm huh? saying could do yeah uh... they, did, they had some focus group it didn't go well go in a different way with that one um <laughs> But um, one thing I noticed in this movie, and maybe it was just because I was sitting in the third row of like a really big theater auditorium with like a giant wrapped screen. Um, and I was on like the right hand side, but definitely there were, I think it was just because of that, but there were a lot of blurry moments for me. Hmm. And uh, a lot of moments, and I know this was the case for everybody, because I, I just would look and everybody was like, had to like readjust their eyes because of the amount of times the headlights of a car or a motorcycle would be directly in the camera's like lens. Like it was like, oh, right. Yeah. Right in your eyeballs. Yeah. And and I I think it was a stylistic choice Mm -hmm. because it sort of creates like a more you're there, it's raw, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was very jarring every time I'm like, man, you're like burning the retinas of my eyeballs right now. Yeah. yeah you, and Shav, you're not alone on that. Cause I was noticing in the movie too, cause like it would be really bright in some um, spots. And like, I could look down in front of the people in front of me and like sort of half of the theaters like lit up with this light on like the right side that we were on versus the left side. Like it doesn't have that light blasting off the screen. So yeah, I think you're right. I, I noticed it too, that they did that uh, quite a few times in this movie. Yeah. Good, and we good. saw it in IMAX. Shaw, if you, you saw it in like the XD, right? Yeah, there, there's no IMAX nearby me. So the closest thing they have is this XD screen for Cinemark. Um, and it's uh, to me, it, if you know, like, like obviously I'm from Arizona, or at least I lived there for a long time. This The Cineca Pre has sort of that wrapped yes. screen. It's very much like that. So Dude, is uh, that where the seats rumble, the XD? Is that what that is? Um, or is it just... Uh... I mean, mine didn't, mine didn't rumble. Maybe mine was defective. I don't know. I I know I was sitting, I was sitting next to a guy who was laying on the musk cologne, something (laughs) thick. And and, and he, well, you know, what's funny is he didn't come in like that. It was until about 10 minutes into the movie (laughs) that he like spritzed himself. And and it was, it was like Casanova on my right hand side. And, and uh, it was, it was pretty gross. He shocked. Did he lean over and say, got a lot of cats (laughs) (laughs) i just leaned back and said i'm vengeance (laughs) i guess from the the musty story 
uh, this shelf got spritzed with some, uh, you know, <laughs> et du toilet. Um, Ode to bat. Just a few things I wanted to mention, because I think we're about to get into like Batman villain talk, especially by uh, a surprise appearance and then Colin Farrell's work mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say just a few things. Minimal origin talk. They they only hint on it. They only touch on it in that conversation between him uh, and Alfred. We don't yeah. have to watch, you know, 15 different montages of his parents getting killed, right. which I liked. Um, I thought it was interesting that they they took from the Telltale game. Uh, Shaf, I don't know if you played the Batman uh, Telltale. Um, uh, no, no, I haven't. Okay, so it's kind of controversial in that game, you know, among the Batman fans because... They basically make the Waynes part of the mob, like they were kind of background players in like the Falcons and the the other gangs uh, within Gotham. Oh, okay. So it's kind of controversial. And I thought it was interesting to bring that into this because yeah. people got mad at that in that game. But I thought it was like, okay, this adds like another layer. This isn't like... You know, he says it. He's like, oh, you thought your dad was a Boy Scout. You know, like, yeah. no, this adds another layer of com- you know, complexity to that character uh, in that story, which I was like, you know, for it being kind of uh, hated in some ways by the fan base uh, when it was in that game to do that here, I thought it was pretty brave. And I figured they were going to add that because of in the trailers, the sins of your father. I figured yeah. they were going to go in that route. Yeah. Um, I'm. I think opposite of Jeff, I don't l- really like that because I like Batman's parents being kind of like Superman. I like the Boy Scout. I like people who are just completely innocent, completely moral. And Batman's parents are who kind of inspire him to be who he is, kind of like Superman's parents almost. But mm-hmm. the the image of Thomas Wayne, you know, is what Batman is trying to avenge. And I, I just like keeping it old school. I like keeping it the way that it's always been. But like make Batman great again is what yeah. you're saying. I like. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I also All like right. having something, having a Mad different butt. spin on yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I like having a different spin on it as, mm. and it's something kind of like the Court of Owls where I feel like it's so big, you can't really avoid it now because yeah. you have people talking about it online. You have. There almost I can't see any way that Court of Owls is not in the sequel for this. Like it, I just don't see it. They okay. set the tone so perfectly. Like this, you know, the grittier. I guess I knew it's funny because remember when like the Dark Knight was like the gritty Batman. Like right. this feels darker now. Right. Um, they have set the tone for that. And, and I, well, I guess well, I was going to get into this into like when we start talking about the Joker and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think like the tone of this movie is perfect for that storyline and i would be upset if they don't touch on that yeah shaf did you see either the animated court of owls movie that they did or have you read any of the court of owls stuff in the comics uh not not exactly but you know i I used to watch gotham pretty regularly and i I definitely am familiar with court of owls and sort of this like uh secret society that sort of governs all of gotham and and is represented by all of like the old families of gotham and such so i definitely think you're right on talking about like the arkhams and the the waynes and and um definitely other other families as well but i I think you're right i think if they don't go down that road they're missing something because the whole concept of a corrupt dirty um can conspiracy laden gotham is that's what yeah. that's what makes gotham so interesting is that everybody kind of is a little bit duplicitous some people might have an alter ego but otherwise it's it's cops that are dirty you know it's politicians right. that are dirty it's people who you think are good who are who are not so really batman fits in so well there because he himself is two-faced uh just as much as the villains maybe are or things mm-hmm. like that so um i think it's that that's what makes gotham so so great yeah, and Scott Snyder, the guy who created Court of Owls, the writer, he actually said his when he was coming up with it, the idea that this is something that Batman didn't know about. Like Batman thought, oh, I know every inch of Gotham. I know it like the back of my hand. And he was like, no, you don't. This has been going on way before you. Like you don't know anything about Gotham. I like that turning it on its head because there's half of me is like, it's great that Batman always has a plan for everything and he can always get out of everything. But then 
and at a certain point it starts to get old. It starts to get like, all right, this is too unrealistic that he can just do anything. There's gotta be points where he stumbles, where he has moments that he didn't know what was coming next. So mm-hmm. the court of owls is perfect for that. And there's a, what Jeff, what's the game coming out? That's going to do the, the court of owls story. Oh, it's, it's the, the, um, the multiple nights, I think. Right? Yeah. Is that what Gotham nights, Gotham nights. Yeah. That's what it is. That's yes. going to have it. And I think this has, they've already, like I said, they already did the animated movie, but they have to do something, I think, with Robert Pattinson's version. It's, it's too good and, to and avoid I, it. And I just want to say, Court of Owls, if I'm like, uh, you know, I had a friend, his brother, he was, you know, trying to get him amped up for this movie and kind of taking him down the, you know, the quintessential Batman stories. And what I told him was, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, you do Long Halloween, year one, you know, I'm going through the ones like you should go through Hush, stuff like that. And I'm, I add Court of Owls to that list. Like that is essential reading to me. Uh, for yeah. Batman stuff so yeah if they don't get I think they're missing a huge opportunity to like bring that into the fold it's actually on sale right now um the just the regular volume one Court of Owls is free on Comixology Unlimited if you're an unlimited subscriber but the whole saga itself is five dollars on Comixology so if you're in need of the Court of Owls this is the time to pick it up probably they're trying to promote the movie as well but yeah, I'm, I was a huge Court of Owls fan, and and um, I can't wait to see what happens in the future. Um, but yeah, like Jeff, you were talking about the villains. Yeah, um, actually, real quick, one thing before we go to the villains, because that's going to be like a little bit of talk. Yeah. Uh, I thought the relationship between Gordon and Batman was great in this yes. movie. Maybe the best one. I think the, um, is it Gary Oldman? Is, is he the one that played uh, Gordon? Who he, did, was, uh, he was in yeah. the Nolan he did Nolan, yeah. So Nolan, uh, I say in those Everyone. movies, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was good, but in this one, it felt like partners. It felt like mm-hmm. you know some good ran. Like how fun, you know, some of the like the funniest lines in the movie were you know them back and forth in some of those like moments. And uh, oh yeah, know, punches him. He has he sets him up like hey, you know, punch me and then run out of here. You know, like he basically says that. So I, I appreciate that they do that, and I think it's probably the best representation of that you know we're talking about you know outside of comics obviously uh uh of anything else maybe other than like the animated series you know where yeah. you get like full episodes dedicated to right you, you yeah. got seasons you know? yeah yeah uh, uh real quick i want to comment one relationship that i didn't think really landed very well is alfred and bruce yeah i, mean, I said that, that to my didn't wife work for me it it, yeah. it wasn't like it was on no way near the, sh- the same plane of of excellent like like mm-hmm. michael kane right. and christian bale like that was such a great dynamic um uh this just didn't really work and plus they didn't really have a whole lot of scenes together that's what so, that, yeah. yeah i was really lacking when i when i told my wife i said what, that was one of the things i said to her when we were driving home i said why was there only like two scenes with alfred especially when you have one of the best actors one of my favorite actors and you i felt like we saw most of his stuff in the trailer and yeah. After the explosion in the hospital bed, we never saw him again. Like what? We never checked in with Alfred again. Is actually, he dead? Is he has did he drop? Well, I you also I mean? yeah, I also thought they were going that route because spoilers, if you don't know, they have killed Alfred in the comics currently. So I thought they were going that route, but they didn't. I didn't as far as I know, he's still alive in the bed. But yeah, I was I was definitely disappointed by the Alfred uh relationship because that's really the only other person he has besides Gordon. There's yeah. no other bat family in this movie. We don't see, you know, Nightwing. We don't see Robin. We don't see Batgirl. So it, it, Alfred it, it, it was did, definitely missing. I was say it did form, you know, they did do a little bit of an arc with it of like he's like, Who? Oh, you think you're a Wayne? Ha huh. You know, fuck you, Albert or Alfred, whatever. <laughs> like you're a dick, you know, you're just a butler. And Bruce then he doesn't even know up, his name. Yeah, he's like, oh, whatever your name is, you know, old fuck. You know, and he's like right. You know, I, so I think there was like a little bit of, but I, but I agree. I would like to see, I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is like, cause he was doing like the cipher with them and stuff like that. So I'm hoping right. it's setting up maybe something for the next, you know, uh, movies. I'm sure it is. Yeah. But yeah, definitely your Gordon point is also well, well taken because another thing, when, when my wife and I got out of the movie, we were quoting it to each other. And, and yesterday we, we took my son on a walk outside all we were doing was quoting penguin lines to each other. But one of the other ones was the Gordon one. Um, the the gun line, he was like, what did he say? 
like, that's your thing, buddy. Yeah, that's your thing, man. Like that <laughs> made me laugh so hard. <laughs> uh, and and he's just a great actor in general. And yeah, and, what's his name? He was yeah, he was a Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, yeah, so good, dude. Great in yeah. the Bond movies. Great. In, he's great in everything. I, he's yeah. great in Westworld. Yeah. All Jeffs. Yeah, Jeffs all are Jeffs. all really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he was great as Gordon. Uh, forgot he didn't have hair. Then I saw him on the red carpet and he was bald. I was like, oh yeah, they, they, he's wearing a wig in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely good <laughs> Gordon stuff. So Jeff, mm-hmm. Jeff, you want to talk about the Joker? Okay, so I think, and I think this is, now we got to get to the villain talk, which this is like a whole nother segment of its own. Um, let's get, well, I think we should talk about Colin Farrell after this. Um, cause the Joker, obviously we only saw the little bit of, uh, a clip. You could kind of see him through the jail cell. He's yes. basically in there talking with the Riddler. You could just hear his voice. For spoilers. Um, oh, you could kind of make out his face off. I don't know if you could see it from where you were sitting. Yeah. There at yeah. All. I could see, I could see that upturned smile. You could see yeah. a lot of teeth. Did it look like uh, diseased kind of face? It almost looked like Arkham. Like back, remember when he's like sick in Arkham, in the Arkham game? Yeah. Arkham he City? takes the Joker toxin. Yeah. Yeah. Shoff, I don't know if you played Arkham City, but he's like sick. It kind of looked like they were maybe going for that style. Like it looks like a diseased kind of face, but I couldn't mm-hmm. tell. It was too, it was too difficult where we were at for me to tell. Yeah, it, it, to me, it was interesting to even show that much. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then not to credit him as the Joker in the credits. Right. right. Why did you He's just like, call him an unseen uh, prisoner, prisoner when, first of all, yeah. he is seen. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> and heard and clearly the Joker. Like, there's really no way he's not the Joker. So hopefully they don't pull some gotham bullshit and and (laughs) proto joker or (laughs) some stuff or he's joker's twin brother you know like that kind of baloney um but i mean i I didn't hate it but i also didn't feel like it was enough to really have a true opinion one one way or another yeah right i think for me this it makes me fear for the sequel because what like an interesting thing to do is because you're you're essentially setting yourself up for the ledger comparison, which yes. is always going to happen. Like you can never get around it because it's like such an iconic performance kind of right. thing. But like to do it in the second movie, to tease it at the end of the first movie, just like the last yeah. one, you know, like just like the last series. Like I think it's a little weird. Like you are, I feel bad for that movie because I think you're, you're setting it up for it to be endlessly compared to that, you know, and I, I think the Joker being in it is there, but that's why I'm hoping they do, you know, I'm hoping they have the balls basically to do like the court of owls, maybe the Joker in there with it. Like you need to like mix it. Otherwise this whole movie, I think for people critically and like their opinion is going to come down to the, the way the Joker looks, the performance, you know, like it's going to almost hinge on that character, which I think is a little unfortunate um, in the sequel. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but that's how I feel like it's going to be perceived. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's why I was saying it kind of didn't have the same novelty of Dark Knight also, because we've seen it before and it seems like they're setting it up just like Batman Begins did with the playing card at the end. So yeah. I kind of got the same vibes as well. And I just, it wasn't enough for me to make an opinion on. I like that actor, Barry Co- Cogan or Keegan. Yeah, um, the guy. Yeah, yeah, the Druig in the Eternals. Um, he's Druig. a good actor and he was in Dunkirk, but I don't know, like you said, setting up the, le- you're going to have the ledger comparison and Joker is just as big as Batman as far as like the mantle of who's done it before and maybe yeah. even more so. So yeah, it's going to be always be tough to see what happens. We may get another Jared Leto situation. So that's, I am kind of fearful for that as well. Yeah. Did you guys get the impression that in the beginning of the movie, that this gang that sort of has Joker like makeup on that they're sort of like his minions. Oh, the skeleton gang. Did they say yeah. any dialogue in that, uh, that would lead you to that? I would assume that it may be either setting up some kind of henchman but I, I I did not. Yeah. Cause like to, if he's already in Arkham, like that to me means that he was already caught. So mm-hmm. um, to me, it implies that maybe Batman's already had an interaction with him um, in like the, the, the time frame of the year to, to two before we get into the storyline of this movie. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just, I, and I feel like that would make more sense. Cause then he's already established. He's already got this following and that's why this gang sort of has makeup looking like him because otherwise like 
what were they doing with that makeup? Because if it's not supposed to be to look like the Joker, then I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, you know, that, that's a good point. I think you're. I think you might be right because they're definitely setting up like, hey, these are like henchmen, like a gang of sorts. So may, maybe I don't know if there's any direct ties to the Joker yet, but I mean, I could see that making sense, you know, because they do at points, you know, in the story, there's always like, you know, here's the Joker's henchmen, and then like, you know, it's just some random clown guys with some makeup on, right? Um, right. Yeah, it's I, gonna I be, think it's a legit point. It's going to be tough until we see, you know, more from the sequel to to judge it. But at this mm-hmm. point. I'm intrigued to see what they do. Um, but for hands down for me, best standout moment of the, the whole thing was Colin Farrell as a penguin. His yeah. act unreal, his, the makeup, his accent, everything about it blew me away. Cause we had seen the little short clips in the trailer and I was like, Oh yeah, he'll be a funny side piece. But for me, he stole the show a hundred percent, even more than Pattinson, more than the Riddler, which I like the, the approach that they took with Riddler, but I cannot, now that I've seen this, I cannot wait for the HBO Max TV show spinoff that they're doing. Yeah, this um, is very Peacemaker-like to me, where now yeah. I'm excited for the yes. spinoff series, right. you know, almost as much as the movie, for sure. Yeah, and it's going to be very similar to Peacemaker as far as, like, the episode. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. Colin Farrell was talking about the the timing of it. It's going to be, like, so many hours. It's going to be very similar to the format of Peacemaker, mm-hmm. but I guess the storyline is supposed to be originally what was pitched as the sequel to the Batman. So that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they've pivoted um, and changed it, but it's going to be Matt Reeves again, just like the way James Gunn did the peacemaker um, show. So it's the original creator and we're going to see yeah. what he does with that, but just, just more time to play with those, with this character. And, so and I'm saying with, with the Batman villains, I think they're probably the strongest of any comic. Like I feel like you yes. can go, you know, or any kind of comic book series, like there's a million ways you can go. Like how many of them have their own series? You know, Harley Quinn uh, to me counts mm-hmm. in that, you know, obviously too. Oh yeah. Uh, anything with that, you know? So I think, yeah, it, you know, for them to give, this is the Penguins moment. I feel like it, like, what, like a crazy good performance. Like he was hilarious in those moments when he's, you know, caught by them and he's, you know, telling them to start harmonizing when they're like snitching and, you know, <laughs> trying to do this talking about rats and stuff. You know, I, I, I cannot wait uh, to see that. I think it's, yeah, it, it was definitely, it, it, you know, if we're going to talk about like performances, like this might be like his ledger moment where you're like, he elevates a character, you know, he takes like a character to a, like another level, like respect to Danny DeVito, but this might be like the quintessential <laughs> performance of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he was, he was excellent. And he, you, he definitely disappeared. Like there's no Colin Farrell in there anymore. Right. Um, when he becomes the penguin, Ozzy, <laughs> he's, right. uh, uh, he's something else. It's really impressive. I saw this story about him going to Starbucks in costume and makeup <laughs> and ordering an oat milk latte with two stevia. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like people, he was getting some serious stares. Cause that does not look like the type of guy who's going to order that kind of drink. So <laughs> Um, but nice. you're right. Batman has, as Peacemaker's uh, neighbor has said it, a coterie of supervillains. <laughs> and uh, um, they're all very interesting and varied. And I think um, uh, I'm calling it Killer Croc is going to show up in the sequel because Ooh. they just flooded sure. Gotham. So okay. uh, maybe. All right. Yeah, that hopefully would be Clayface. I want some Clayface. Yeah, Give that would be great. Clayface Clayface. Would be we haven't yeah. seen that in live action. He was such a great mm-hmm. part of the animated series. And oh, yeah. in the current comics, He's actually an ally of Batman's. He's part of the Bat family, so he's like a good guy now. Oh, um, cool! Interesting. Yeah, but we'll we'll definitely want to check out the sequel. And I think for my final thought on the film, like I said, The Dark Knight is still my favorite. This one, I'm gonna put. Ah, uh, it's it's right up there with Batman Begins. Um, they're probably neck and neck right now. So it's it's in this. It's tied for a second as for far me, as my favorite. For Batman. me, it's so much better than Batman better than Begins. Batman Begins. I, I don't you know maybe so much is the wrong word but I think it's it's I think it's for me it's clearly above but those but you like you said they're fighting for two but I think this gets number two yeah maybe we, actually remember how we did the Spider-Man where we ranked all the movies we yeah. should probably do a Batman show yeah. in the future so we can we, we can, can talk about that in future episodes uh, show off any final thoughts on the Batman uh great movie definitely worth seeing again um i would like to see it again if only so i could sit further back (laughs) yeah right (laughs) um but no all in all a really solid movie i just wish that it had kept the same 
uh, I don't know, the same gusto that was in the first like two thirds of the movie and brought it in or just ended it right then and there mm. because yeah. Yeah. Uh, that other, if it didn't have that, I feel like it would be just a perfect Batman movie. But right now, Dark Knight reigns supreme. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, now let's come to the part of the show where we give our weekly recommendations. And I actually have been listening to a new podcast this week. And I know, actually, Shoff, I was going to say, me and Jeff have a relationship with this, but Shoff does too. We all have a tie to Wayne's World in this uh, <laughs> conversation here. This little inside joke where Shoff baited me for months, telling me he had never seen Wayne's World, when oh. in fact he had seen Wayne's World many times. So that, that we I always have not talk about. seen Wayne's World. This is the I've joke. He's, he's still going, guys. Anyways, I've yeah. never seen this movie. So Jeff and I always talk about Wayne's World as one of our, our most quoted movies to each other, one of our favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So David Spade and Dana Carvey have a new podcast called Fly on the Wall with Dana Carvey and David Spade. Excellent. Every guest that they have on, it's just them telling stories with their friends. And so they're doing impressions. They're just like, it's just funny. I, I was in tears listening to the Rob Lowe episode. Um, and I don't know why, but Danny oh, Carvey's nice. impression just make me laugh. So hundred <laughs> percent, both of you will enjoy fly on the wall with Dana Carvey and David Spade. So definitely check that cool. podcast cool. out. Yeah. Was Dana then, Carvey uh... in Wayne's world? <laughs> oh, wow. Shoff yeah. only knows this, him from the turtle movie. I can already hear the, tr- I can just hear the troll in the voice. Yeah. But, um, uh, Jeff, what's uh, your recommendation this week? Yeah. I guess I was going to give us a, you know, go check out the, the, the new pod with me, you, Vector, and Rob. We're doing yes. some video game talk on the sandbox gamers. Yeah. Uh, we'll link to that. We got like a lot of Elden Ring talk, I think, coming up yes. here. I got some and more Horizon. Talk. I got a few hours into that yesterday and today probably get some more in. Uh, so yeah, doing that, playing video games, talking about uh, something I love. Yeah. And Shaf, what's your recommendation for all the listeners out there? So definitely going to recommend uh, the podcast that Vactor and I are doing right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's new, it's fresh, and it's all about Star Trek. It's called Treknological. And um, uh, we'll be recording tomorrow. Um, ideally, episodes out same day. We're going to be covering uh, Star Trek Picard yes. season two. Just debuted today, actually. I can't wait. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing that. And also, of course, Geek So To Speak uh, podcast, which is yes. your source for all things geek, unless you're getting it here at Seasons Change. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we, we're, we're a podcast that, that loves our brother. People say it's a sister podcast. No, 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 no. It's my brother podcast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'll say tune into Geek, so to speak. You can hear a lot about the Patrick Stewart uh, circumcision talk. If you're, if you're into that. That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. We are. We are. That's all we talk about. Every wow. episode. Yeah, there's a dedicated segment. All right. Jeff yeah. brought it there. Well, Shaf, we'd like to thank you for joining us. And we'd like to thank you for our bumper. I always have your Fiverr link in the show notes. Shaf is a very talented voice actor. So if you'd like to commission his work, and get his dulcet tones working for you, you can check out Shoff's Fiverr link in our show notes below. Um, I want to thank our girl Bree for our trailer. She does a great job as well. And if you'd like, you can always leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash seasons change slash message. You can be like my mom and tell us what you're consuming this week or tell us what me and Jeff have been talking about. You know, if it's been annoying you or if you've been enjoying it, let us know and also leave us a review in spotify and apple Podcasts. thank you everybody we'll see you next week jeff i hear it in the background i hear it it's it sounds like some seasons changing mm-hmm. yeah you know that is not a lot of cat four cats is not a lot of cats that's bullshit and shops here too